Hello and welcome to the 35th edition of the Two Black Two Nerdy podcast. I'm your host Chris, and I'm your host Chris. And today we have um, a great episode for you guys. We're talking all things Wandavision. The show just completed uh, the Friday. We're recording on Sunday, just after this recording. Um, and Chris is going to lead us this episode. So we have a great panel for you guys. Um, we have Terrell. Um, who's our frequent guest in the show. And we have Marianne and Steve uh, from TikTok that uh, Chris knows. So um, Steve and Marianne, you guys are new. You guys want to uh, introduce yourselves. Um, and yeah, just you can introduce yourself and you can tell us um, what was the first um, nerdy thing that you ever got into. And then um, I think after that, we can go ahead on with WandaVision stuff. Is that good? Sounds Thanks. good. Uh, Marianne, right. you want to take the floor? All right. Yeah, I am Marianne on TikTok. I am screaming namaste. <laughs> that is my TikTok username. Um, so the first nerdy thing I got into, I think, was Star Wars, which is primarily what I talk about on TikTok. Um, I've only started getting into Marvel the last few years, and um, I'm really enjoying it, though. All right. Awesome. And uh, Steve? Uh, yeah, I'm Steve, and on TikTok, I'm Explosivo Steve, um, and just about everything else. Uh, but the first nerdy thing I probably got into was probably, um, Pokemon. Uh, I have been a Pokemon fan since I can remember. I started with, uh, Red and Blue, then Yellow, and so on, so on. And then I just got into every other nerdy thing imaginable after that, so... That was probably my first big one. <laughs> yeah, I know Star Wars, Pokemon, both uh, both great franchises. They've uh, they're standing the test of time. There's always something new around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chris, you want to get us started with the uh, Wandavision? I know you've got some questions prepared, and we can just kind of you can just take the floor. It's all up to you, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, so yeah, so Wandavision is the uh, first step really we're getting into phase four of the mcu uh so we're really catching up with some characters um outside of spider-man uh far from home so we're seeing a couple of avengers and new characters that are going to hopefully take a more leading role in the uh mcu going forward especially since the original avengers have been transitioned out for lack of a better term um, so yeah, so WandaVision was nine episodes, six hours. Uh, what did you all thought think about the show? You can uh, do I volunteer love- victim if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do volunteer victim. You can just go ahead and uh, was, jump out, or you know, yeah, it was all quiet. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna say I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know people were really heartbroken uh, at the ending for not having all of the things they wanted coming true, but as a whole, as a show, as a whole, I thought it was fantastic. Definitely a good start to MCU introducing introducing us to Marvel TV shows. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I It took me a bit to get into it. I don't think I really got into it until the 70s episode, which is like the third episode. Mm-hmm. But um, then I was like so into it. I was really looking forward to it every week and I enjoyed all the twists and turns. Um, I was one of the ones who was a little disappointed with the finale, <laughs> but overall, I really loved it. Yeah, I would echo. Um, I'm one of those people who also, I'm a DC person over Marvel. Oh, yeah. Over Marvel. 
But I will say that WandaVision did a really great job where DC has always failed of leaning into the comics and showing as much of the comics for the Scarlet Witch as possible, which I appreciated and ended up really enjoying. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> me. Okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> no, I, I, re- I really enjoyed the show. I had a, it was a fun ride. It was definitely, I feel like um, binging culture has kind of ruined us because, like, it's like, it's so different to go back to watching a show that comes out with a new episode every week and, like, being a part of the fandom and everybody's got their theories and ideas. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I haven't really, um, I don't know if I really enjoyed an, a show that you know was that you know did cliffhangers as much as WandaVision did and set so much stuff up um, as mm-hmm. I have in a while. Like I mean, I I watch I watch shows like The Flash and things like that, but like you know, it's not it's not the same that it used to be. Chris knows Chris knows mm-hmm. our struggle with that show, and um, I just feel like. I really enjoyed that part of WandaVision. It was definitely a different experience than, you know, the movies. The only irritating thing was um, I was not going to stay up till 3 a.m. to watch an episode uh, every week. I have a job and I have to be awake and alert at 8 on Friday. So I have to, like, mute everything WandaVision online until I'm able to see the show, like, yeah. as, soon as, I, uh, as soon as I have time. So um, that's the, the main beef I have with WandaVision is, like, everybody's seeing the episode in the middle of the night and I'm like guys guys I'm sorry I can't don't don't spoil it please but overall I had a lot of fun with the show yeah um so as as both Chris and Terrell know I am staunchly DC over Marvel like I was raised on Marvel I love it but you know I, I am a firm DC fan Batman fanboy hashtag release Snyder cut anyway um (laughs) I I did (laughs) <laughs> I did enjoy uh, WandaVision. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be like the movies, um, but a lot of superhero content and sci-fi content plays out better over a TV medium than it does for a, a film medium because you can build things out more, um, which a lot of people didn't like, and you made a collective fandom uh, hate three words, please stand by. Um, so... <laughs> I think it did a good job. Uh, the Easter eggs throughout it, connecting things at the end. Um, I think they did a good job, and it makes me excited for other TV shows to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot more hope for Falcon and the Winter Soldier now. Like, I already knew I was going to love it, just see. TV shows can work again, so yeah, I'm Absolutely. very excited. Disney Marvel TV shows. Disney Marvel Netflix. TV shows. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Netflix has ups and downs, but yeah. um, <laughs> Disney for real. Like I was like, oh, this is the first like real one, and it worked, and it was awesome. So. so WandaVision has a colorful cast of characters. Yes. Uh, starting with Wanda and Vision themselves, who we've seen before, and intra- and bringing back some uh, like low-key fan favorites like Jimmy Woo and Darcy, um, and then really introducing us to people like Tyler Hayward, Monica Rambeau. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this podcast will be filled with spoilers, by the way, if you haven't heard it already. Uh, Agatha Harkness. Um, 
and so and and setting up some things for the future so uh what did you think of the characters how they were represented the roles they played uh and in general just do you hope to see more of them and or do you, do you think some of them are like they can stay in the roles they were and they're good Um, I guess I can go first. I will say that one thing I appreciate the fact with the show is that, you know, you had more time with characters like Darcy, where it was like, I mean, Darcy had more development in WandaVision than she did in the two Thor movies she was in. Well, actually, in the Thor movies, I thought she was kind of annoying. She was just kind of there, especially because in that movie, I'm like, okay, I want more Asgard stuff, right? But in WandaVision, she definitely had, you know, she had a very good role, you know, and, um... I, all the characters they brought in from other stuff, like Jimmy Woo, um, were, I mean, they served their roles well. They were entertaining. Um, definitely added more of a human element to the show, just because, I mean, the concept of WandaVision was just so out there. I feel like you needed that. And um, Monica, I thought, was great, too. And Loki makes me... I um, it almost makes Captain Marvel a bit of a better movie because it's like okay, mm. right? Monica was set up and she was there, and now okay, now she's an adult. Like cool. So um, I definitely enjoyed a lot of the side characters they had to do. They that were um, they were in the show. Wait, I have to know what don't you like about Captain Marvel? Ooh, Ooh okay. I love Captain Marvel. <laughs> okay, there's there's two camps. Either people love or hate. I don't hate Captain Marvel. It's it's not my favorite Marvel movie, and I don't. Mm. I really I don't want to get into it because I know it's a touchy subject. It's got nothing to do with Brie Larson. It's just that uh, it's just not it's not my favorite. I'm sorry. I was just curious. I was just. Curious. I, I... I think Marvel has, because um, I've you know I've been a big MCU fanboy since it's since it's you know since the first one, and as the movies went on, I realized I love them so much, but also I hate that a lot of movies feel very f- repetitive. A lot of the plots all fall in the same category over and over and over again. Um, however, I mean I still loved it because it was superheroes and superheroes I loved. Captain Marvel fell into that as well, but also it introduced a new uh, form of representation for more and more people. So I think that's where I was like, oh, I see why everybody um, enjoys this as much. And the last time I gave it a watch, I absolutely loved it. Um, But I agree with what you're saying where it's like the side characters in WandaVision are just making those movies even better. Like I wasn't a huge fan of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Jimmy Woo's an Ant-Man and the Wasp. So it makes Ant-Man and the Wasp somehow even better now. Um, same yeah. deal with uh, Darcy. You know what I mean? Like, she's funny in this one, so now in the previous Thor movies, I I like her a lot more. Yeah. But so, it's kind of what I mean. Yeah. And so for me, like, uh, having Monica Rambeau in there and uh, having her get her powers makes me more excited for Captain Marvel too. Um, but Captain Marvel, sure. as, just as a comic book character, I've never really liked her because my first introduction of her was her trying to kill Rogue in X-Men. And Rogue mm-hmm. was one of my favorite X-Men. So I'm like, oh, you're not going to try to kill one of my favorite characters. We got beef on site now. <laughs> um, so uh, and Brie Larson is one of my favorite actresses in Hollywood. So it's kind of like you take a character I hate with an actress I love and put it together. And I'm just like, eh. 
It's so funny because my introduction to Captain Marvel in the comics, because uh, I, I, I'm not huge on the comics, but I pick and choose which ones I essentially would go and read and get background on them before I'd read uh, whatever the series was. And mine was Civil War Two, So that was my introduction to Captain Ooh. Marvel. I know. So I was Ooh. like, okay, hold on. And I went and read more about the character, and then I realized how much I actually loved Captain Marvel. <laughs> so is that is that was, what you yeah, profiled that Miles Morales? Is that wasn't that yep. the storyline? Yep. Yep. All right. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they made Captain Marvel space cop, and I was just like, ah, Yeah, that was that was touchy in in that one. Mm. See, I can sit out of this part because I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. Don't kill me. <laughs> no one kill me here. It just. Again, I'm very similar to Chris. I'm a DC kid. I've always loved DC. So when I jump into Marvel, it's only been around X-Men and occasionally the Avengers because of comics. Um, and Captain Marvel just was not one of those comics I had touched on or looked at. So when the movie came out, I didn't have that much interest. So I'm going to sit out on this part. <laughs> I had never well, really I mean... gotten in... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You're good. Go. I was just going to say I had never really gotten into comics in general so really my first introduction to any of these characters has been through the movies mm -hmm. and honestly a huge reason why i wasn't into marvel growing up was i felt like it was so targeted and written towards men and i felt like the female characters in the movies were so written for men they were there yep. to be like sexy mm -hmm. or to be whatever like men wanted them to be so it really never appealed to me so sort of with this new chapter and this new uh, way marvel's moving forward with films like captain marvel that are more um, you know, not written to appeal to men or written to be their own characters. Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, really appealing. And that's sort of what interested me more about Marvel movies. And then, you know, circling back to WandaVision, um, I feel like her character has also been written in a similar way now to the way Captain Marvel's been presented. And I really liked yeah. how the show was so, um, had so many dynamic female leads. You know, you had Monica, mm -hmm. Agatha, Wanda, um, Darcy. It was so female driven and they were all their own unique characters. They weren't written to, you know, be sexy or appeal to the mm -hmm. male demographic. And if anything, I feel like Vision was sort of the stereotypical damsel in distress type throughout the series. And a lot of it he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so he was. I really liked he that. Definitely in distress. It, it was <laughs> It was, it was kind of a breath of fresh air, honestly, to see like Vision is the one in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah. isn't that weird? Yeah. Even though that was the entire plot of Infinity War. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Infinity, you know, Vision went from being like unstoppable, and, right? From Age of Ultron being the most powerful to Avenger to just slowly being just more and he's, more. He's the MacGuffin. He's like, everybody just wants you, baby, but you're going to be back here not doing nothing. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and and given what I've seen on Twitter, uh, people oh, are uh, fiending hard for Vision. Vishon? Yes, Vishon. <laughs> oh, 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 because of that. Only when he has a gold neck, right? The turtle yes, because of the yeah. turtleneck. So, they, so for those of you who don't know, like he wears a turtleneck in like, the last scene that he's in, and they Photoshop like a gold chain around his neck and like his like his name and they're like his name is Vishon now I was like oh my god Twitter can't let anything be serious no it's so anything. sad because it's such a serious scene but like I'm also sitting over here like he looks good in that damn turtleneck like, he does I'm sorry yeah well, after uh, once uh, Chris Jamal Evans uh, became a thing, there was just no uh, no turning back. Shout out to Black Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I will say, Chris, one more thing. Um, this this show also makes your most hated movie better, Age of Ultron. Oh wow, Chris, okay, you, it's not my, you're it's an not Age of Ultron hater. It's, it's one my... of. <laughs> It's, it's, it's one, one you do not like. You do not like Age of Ultron, and like every movie that's come out since has made Age of Ultron more relevant. <laughs> like you can't, it you really can't has. skip it on a rewatch. You can't. Too much nah. happens. So, I, so maybe, maybe I'll go live on on TikTok and and rewatch it. But you my should. big, my big thing for Age of Ultron was after the first Avengers movie, um, which I, you know, was really excited for. Um, and then we had Age of Ultron and that first trailer with James Spader as Ultron narrating it and the whole like the more like terrifying aspect of Ultron that was like looked like it was going to be portrayed and then he just ends up being a villain robot Tony Stark and he's cracking jokes and I'm like <sighs> yep that I mean, movie that, broke me yeah that's that's Which the problem with Ultron's of- character in that film yeah, which is kind of good that movie broke me because it came out before Batman versus Superman and otherwise that might have broken me. But you know. <laughs> oh that movie blessings. definitely broke me. Definitely broke me. The ultimate edition gave me life though. That's a different story. Was, okay, we're not we're not having this debate again. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's tag it into that one. <laughs> Hashtag not a cut. Anyway. I just have to uh, make fun of Chris. <laughs> I'll tell um, you back to favorite. Yeah, oh, sorry. I, I rewatched Age of Ultron the other day, and it, it sat a lot better with me. Anyways, sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, I was just going to add, ironically, my favorite character is probably the least important. Well, as we've seen with the end, they might have more relevance in Phase 4, but the twins honestly turned out to be two of my favorite characters because they brought some like comedic relief right when things started to get serious and you knew mm-hmm. oh we're setting up for whatever the end of this movie or the show is going to be mm-hmm. um and now it turns out that they might have a really important role in phase four of marvel we just don't know what it is yet they're alive yeah. in wanda's head <laughs> uh wiccan I- and speed uh, yeah. are marvel's twins and they also bring in a lot more representation um once they get older, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to. Re- are the, are they are they both gay or are they both bi? I'm trying to remember what it is. I think Wiccan is gay and Speed is bi. Okay, but either way, great to get more representation in Marvel. I mean, I still, I, I still freak out over Endgame with uh, Russo patting himself on the back, being, "Hey, we did it. We got our first gay." Character oh my god! You mean that extra in that scene that you probably cut out? Like he was the extra. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it was ugh. one of the Russo brothers. He cameoed the scene where Cap's doing the uh, whatever. What do you call it? Not not like it's, uh, meetings, but like survivor meetings, whatever you want to call them. Session, oh, group session, one of the group Russos. Pl- he played a character. It's like, oh yeah, I went on a date with a guy. Great, and he's like. We, you know, tried really hard to make this movie, you know, we, we wanted to have as much representation as we could. It's like, y'all could have tried a lot harder. It's okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think you can check off LGBTQ representation check mark when your <laughs> representation is a side character with three lines in your huge movie. I don't know. And I, I think was very angry at that. That film <laughs> so just I'm made the, uh, the, the Stucky ship. The Stucky shippers were uh, even more upset after Endgame. That is a movie they oh, do yeah. not like. <laughs> 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 but 
Okay, so so who who was everybody's least favorite character in in the show? Because for me, it was Tyler Hayward. I didn't like him from the moment he was introduced. Mm-hmm. He was way too mm-hmm. obvious of a villain, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what I was gonna ask you. Do you not like him because he's a villain, or do you not like him because of like writing? Oh, I I didn't like him because of how I knew he was gonna do um, Monica dirty. I ain't like that. Uh, yeah, fair. He tried to shoot those kids at the end. Like, man, like, was that necessary? I stand Monica Rambo. Yeah, I mean, it was necessary for us to see Monica do something with her powers. Yeah, that yeah. that comic book moment. Uh, I was just like, it was cool. They did it. Like, I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more Monica. Um, <laughs> yeah, le- least favorite character probably. Uh, yeah, Hayward, because uh, he's yeah. just evil to be evil kind of guy. He, he's got to be the callous. And of course, everybody was like, maybe Mephisto? Him? Maybe? <laughs> I, I, got, like, I got words if, for the theorist later, but continue. Yeah. Well, I was just like, it, it, like if he's going to be Mephisto, then they better make that turn be very interesting because at this point, he might as well have a twirly mustache because he's so, <laughs> so evil. <laughs> I used to have I would, I would agree. I would agree. Or I would raise you um, Deborah Rupp. And I just didn't like her last line at the end of, if you're not going to set us free, just kill us. I just thought that was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So, And she just served no purpose. So I was like, you had a really important role in the first episode, disappeared, and yeah. then gave this weak line at the end. Like, eh. She's, so, she, those are my two weeks. She's such a good actress too. You know, I, I loved her in that '70s show, and the fact that she was in this, I was very excited. And then it was like, yeah, we're we got her for an episode, uh, and then the finale. She was in the finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was. Like, all right, I guess. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, the spoiler the spoiler warning ha- has been issued, so you know. Uh, but they'll, oh, they'll know when it should go. It'll be in the title. They'll know. It's okay. Yeah. This is a safe space. <laughs> Uh, oh, but favorite uh, Westview resident uh, for me has to be Norm because when Vision like unlocks his actual personality and he goes from like terrified and then Vision resets him and he goes to back to like Wanda's control, like that is acting right there because <laughs> there was no cut. There was just he just went from oh my god, you have to, have, you have to have me. How about those computers, man? He's a TikToker as well. If y'all didn't know. He, yeah, yeah, I've I've seen him on TikTok. He's he's pretty <laughs> funny. Like, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Wait, which part are we on? Least favorite character? I already said mine. Never mind. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh, nine episodes that took place over the course of six hours for the show. What did you think about the show's pacing? Could it have been cut down a couple episodes? Could we have gotten more? Um, what did you think about the different episode show lengths? I, sorry, 
I can go first, just real quick. Um, I didn't think the pacing was bad. I think what they the episodes themselves were fine. I think that they maybe should have released the first three at once and then done them a week after that because I think the third episode was when people started getting hooked. I think, um, like Marianne said, the first two episodes, I think people were like, oh, I don't know, like, what is this? But after that, it picked up the pace. So that's really the only issue I had was pacing. And then, you know, good cliffhangers every week. I was... You know, always wanted more, and that's what a good show is uh, supposed to do. Yeah, I agree. I felt like the first two episodes were very slow. I didn't really get into it until the third one. Yeah, I went in kind of knowing that the first... I I just kind of assumed that the first couple episodes, it would be heavy, heavy on the mystery aspect of everything. Um, What was it? The fourth episode is when we finally got to see anything outside of the hex right that was that was the uh please i don't think the episode was please stand by but it was when we got like monica's backstory and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. um and the fact that it you know the fourth episode is when we finally got some solid answers i was like okay i kind of get that for a show that's based itself around mystery so i was fine with the pacing as it was just because i knew it was going to be that like decade slow build but of course you know that's how many people uh saw it at the beginning was you know that slower and then suddenly by the end of it every week ended with people screaming like i need more now (laughs) um which i i think that's just a a sign of a good progression in the show um but i do agree with you uh uh chris with a c should differentiate uh (laughs) that um that I think them releasing the first three episodes probably would have been smarter because, I mean, releasing the first two was smart. If they had released the first one, they would have seen their viewership drop hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think that the uh, show did a a good job with keeping uh, the entry going throughout the series? Because this is really the first Marvel movie outside of really Winter Soldier where they had to keep us guessing as to what's going to happen next. Um, Yeah, I would say I would say it definitely kept I mean, you know, you could just see from the fan reactions. uh, This is what also benefits from it being released on a weekly basis. It was like the entire week was just filled with people guessing what was going to happen next Mm -hmm. to the extreme like Magneto from the Fox universe was going to show up at the end to the bare minimum of she's going to be called Scarlet Witch at some point. Uh, (laughs) So like that was fun. Um, So I think keeping the intrigue alive definitely worked through all of it. I will also say too, I think the show benefited from the fact that we pretty much had a drought in Marvel content ever since Far From Home. It's been like a year and a half. So it was just yep. like, it was really smart that they released WandaVision first because I feel like it was probably the weirdest show, the most experimental one they did. And the fandom's at a point where we'll literally take anything. I mean, I think 2020, they had the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is not canon. And that might have been the only Marvel thing that we got during the COVID year. So it was... um. It was just great to be back, and um, I'm excited for these shows kind of coming out back-to-back because it's just going to be 
you know, a lot of it's, it's going to be. We have a lot of content, and I think it just helps keep mm-hmm. the, the fandom alive. And everything seems different. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier seems different. Loki seems different. Shang Chi's probably going to be different. All the different, all the stuff coming out. You know, now that we're getting that variety, I think it's 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 nice that we had that break. And I, I don't know personally, I think I'm appreciating Marvel stuff more just because it was gone mm-hmm. for a while. Because I was a little after sure. Endgame, I was a little tired for sure. I personally remember after Endgame coming out, you know, being the fan that I was for the entire 10, 12 years that it had been around, I remember being like, they could stop now and I would be fine. Yeah. You know, I was happy we were getting more, but I was like, they could literally stop producing these movies and stuff and I would be fine with it. I I, I have never gotten to that point. Uh, I was like, <laughs> give me more. Uh, especially since we had Black Panther in 2018. I was just like, give me more of that. Give me all of that. Absolutely. Um, um, but but so we have uh, all these shows coming up. Um, but sticking with, with WandaVision, what were your, your favorite episodes that, uh, or favorite episode, if you only have one, that uh, we got out, out of those nine? For me, it would be the Halloween episode. I was going to say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just um, hearing hearing Agatha's witch laugh for the first time, I was just like, "Oh, there it is! There it is! There's Agatha Harkness right there." Um, didn't know whether she was in control of herself or whether she uh, that was just like some subtle personality slipping out. Uh, but that was good. The twins getting their powers was cool. Um, Vision breaking out and 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 slowly dying was. Kind kind of sad, just just a little bit. Uh, and then Wanda's just like, uh, you know what? You know, Westview is big, but it could be bigger. <laughs> is that a Wonder Woman 84 reference? Yes, yes it is. Oh, I didn't catch that at all. I'm glad someone did. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Halloween episode was definitely up there for me. I will say... Uh, I'm trying to look at the episode's names now. We Interrupt This Program being Monica Rambeau's episode was fantastic. Just mm-hmm. immediately introducing me to this character that at at the start of the episode, I was like, I think I know who this is supposed to be in the comics. And then by the end of the episode, I was like, oh boy, here we go. I'm so excited for her growth in the new uh, future of the MCU. And just as the show went on, it only got better and better. So um, that is definitely like Halloween episodes so high up there for me. We interrupted this program. Monica Rambeau's episode is like honorable mention or close, close uh, tie for it. I think on all your WandaVision, TikTok Steve and on Marianne's <laughs> lives on Fridays, like Ever since that episode, you'd be like, "Oh, what do you think?" I'd be like, "Monica Rambo." Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I, I literally I was screaming for Monica. I'm so happy that uh, she's in in the universe now. She she's one of my most anticipated. Like, let's see where we go from here. I would kind agree. of characters. Steve, I will also say um, 
being able to see people coming back from the snap in the hospital, I thought was a really great scene. Because one thing that disappointed yes. me about Far From Home is that they almost treat it like all of that as like a joke. And it's like, mm-hmm. this will be a huge traumatic event, a huge traumatic event for the whole like planet. Not only people leaving, but also folks like coming back. I mean, you got to think people are probably uh-huh. remarried, folks have aged. Like, I mean, how crazy, you know, how crazy would something like that be? And I thought... It almost parallel like I mean obviously in real life we have like COVID and hospitals being overrun so I thought it was an interesting parallel between like people coming back from the snap and kind of what we've seen in real life so I will agree that episode four was really good. The absolute terror on everyone's faces in that hospital mm-hmm. just because all of this is just now happening to them but at the same time you as the viewer are way more concerned with Monica and her struggles of just trying to figure out where's her mom um oh my god gets me it's very good yeah yeah and and maria rambo and carol danvers friendship is one of the standout things of the captain marvel movie that Mm. we we i was hoping we would get more of but unless captain marvel came back to the to earth at some point and saw her or uh saw her you know when maria rambo had uh um, founded sword we may not see that again which is kind of sad um yeah. but you know uh yeah that the scene the the blip i think is what they call when they bring yeah. them, them back right uh mm-hmm. from a non-comedic aspect was heart-wrenching yeah very much um marianne your favorite episode um i really liked episode eight uh, we really got a lot of Agatha. I really enjoyed Agatha. She was a really fun character. And I loved the line about grief where Vision was talking to Wanda. I thought that that was a really uh, powerful quote and a way to describe it. So I really enjoyed that episode. And I also really enjoyed um, the episode where they were in the 70s. Blanking on what it was called. I think it was Now in Color. I think that was the name of the episode, yep. the third episode. Um, I really liked that as well because it started to make more sense to me. The pacing started to pick up a little bit more. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I really liked that episode as well. Yeah, I think that... visually, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I think right. visually that episode is fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm. The Now in mm-hmm. Color, the 70s yeah. episode. Yeah, it's definitely. so great to look at. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that that grief line, What what is uh, grief, mm-hmm. if not love, persevering? That line mm-hmm. hits different yeah, no, yeah. The, the writer who wrote that's got to be so proud of themselves mm-hmm. well did you see the report that came out uh i think it was either today or yesterday paul bettany essentially said like yeah they were filming that scene and they had to rewrite it because they're like we're not we're not saying what we're supposed to so they rewrote that scene and that was the line that came out of it was them kind of sitting down and being like something's not working right now so let's try to figure this out and then that was the line they wrote it's so beautiful. Yeah, got it. Perfect. It, that's actually a, a perfect transition to my my next question: Is how did you think the show handled the themes of of grief and depression? And Marianne, since you ushered into this beautiful transition, I'll let you I take it away it was, first. 
Oh, thank you. Um, I thought they did a great job with it. I thought that that line was so beautiful. I made, I, you know, and I don't really talk a lot about WandaVision on my tech talk, but I made uh, a video on it because I just loved it so much. I thought they did a great job with it. Um, I cried in real life over <laughs> it many times. So I love the way they handled it. I thought it was great. I guess I'll, yeah, I guess I can go. Yeah, I mean, Marianne, I agree with um, pretty much everything you said. And I thought, I like that the show dealt with grief and trauma. I had someone, I read an article that was like, WandaVision was a show that we needed after 2020. Because, I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, these times, especially everything going on with COVID and, every, and you know, last year and everything. And we're still in it, you know. We've just been dealing with a lot of loss, you know, not just as a country, but just worldwide. And I thought it was... Very timely that we got a show that, you know, really tried to dive deep into that and deal with that in a pretty unique way. Yeah. Right. One thing I would even add to is, it, I don't know how well this was planned out, but there was some genuine thought in the names of the episodes once we started to really get into those topics, like the episode seven, Breaking the Fourth Wall, that moment when you you really are hitting your emotional um capacity and and that's when wanda was kind of shutting down she was staying in her bed she really mm -hmm. broke the fourth wall mentally only to go into previously on where you're reflecting on everything that's happened in your life you're trying to figure out how you got there and then getting to the season the, the series finale where you have that acceptance um one of those subtle things but i think a lot of that really spoke to and really talks to how well this show dealt with and handled the top of grief and also use Wanda in a very um, creative way to move us through all the phases. Yes. Yeah. What I thought was uh, interesting though was that Wanda was really the only one that got to experience grief. And then in the mm -hmm. finale, there was some line about, oh, these people will never understand what you gave up. But it's like, what about the empathy for those people? You know, <laughs> like yeah. Wanda was the only one that got to experience anything and never mind everyone else. <laughs> There was a, they have a line in there where they say that they're experiencing her nightmares, right? Like when they mm -hmm. sleep, they have her nightmares and they're experiencing her pain and stuff like that. And when they said that, I almost wanted that walk away moment that she has in the town to be less so, because of course she's going to be seen as a villain after this in the universe. Like people are mm -hmm. like, regular civilians are going to go, that's the lady who took an entire town hostage. Um, mm -hmm. But I almost want the survivors of it who got to experience the grief with her to almost have, of course, realize that they're in a bad position, but also to be like, I, on a level like nobody can understand, understand exactly what you went through because you put me through it. Like in my, in my, and you taking over, I got to experience your grief. So I, feel so sorry for you um, while also hating her at the same time for taking them hostage. I don't know. I thought that'd be really interesting, but of course it was more of a moment of like, there goes the Wicked Witch of the West leaving town. Bye! Mm. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I guess. Her new outfit though, amazing. That might be one of my favorite yeah. costumes in MCU. She has, she has been saying for years, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, that they kept, you know, pushing so hard for her to have cleavage in all of her outfits and she was and she finally gets one where it's like hey this looks way cooler than anything you've all come up with for her 
and I on that point, Steve, it, I know there are so many people that were mad. They're like, we should get a comic accurate costume of Scarlet Witch. Why do they give her like this grungy, you know, like emo look? And I'm like, okay, honestly, that that leather jacket combo is a lot better than her her comic book like sure. costume yeah. because imagine having to fight in that. Yeah, like I, I know she's not doing as much hand to hand combat, but like you you woke up and chose to go outside in public like that. Like sure, sure, I I, I I I totally agree that like what she was wearing before was better uh, than what her comic accurate outfit was. This just is like the best of both worlds, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is her embracing the Scarlet Witch name, which is like. And yes. also, let us not ignore how the show mocked her comic version mm-hmm. of her costume in the Holly, um, the Halloween, Halloween episode of yeah, like, yeah, they had both vision and her in what they would have looked like in the comic as a joke of, we're going to pretend to be who we are. We're going to do this. And, and then at the series finale, we get this amazing, well thought out outfit that just kind of does justice to everything she just went through and kind of, pays homage to yeah we we took some nods from the comics but this is a different scarlet witch than y'all are used to mm. i no. haven't seen any any fanboys um like say anything negative about the new costume yet but i know that uh they were definitely like once they saw like in the trailer her comic accurate costume they're like well why couldn't we just have that this whole time and i was just like please stop just, They're too busy talking about um, Bugs Bunny's girlfriend. I can't think of her name off the top. Oh, We're not getting into Lola <laughs> on this podcast. They're too busy on that. A, That's why they can't talk about her costume. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but, okay. But, yeah. So, um, going back to, to uh, grief. So, I think it was around episode seven. Someone came out with an article talking about how these first seven episodes had dealt with uh, the first four stages of grief being denial, anger, uh, bargaining, and depression, and then eight and nine work into Wanda's acceptance, which is why she, you know, she takes down the hex and everything like that. And I think, you know, obviously, I think the writers intended that, and that that is very um, clever. And I think that uh, even though Agatha hosted the world's meanest therapy session for Wanda, um, that I think this is an excellent from a storytelling perspective this is an excellent way of showing characters deal with grief and mental Mm -hmm. health issues in something that is superhero like that's for kids yeah um i know a lot of people uh really loved uh fat thor in endgame uh Mm -hmm. and i thought it was really funny except there is a moment in that movie that as somebody who knows more about that area at least a little bit it was rocket raccoon slapping him when he was having a panic attack and then i like i in my theater it got a huge laugh and i was just like no this is so wrong so like wandavision being a show that's i mean in its iteration is just like interpretation is all about studying grief and how depression can affect people is so like, like I said, like a brush breath, breath of fresh air um, that we get to see it so well thought out and analyzed while also being entertaining and yeah. thought provoking. 
know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That Steve scene Thor. and um, when Thor is like, uh, I have, uh, like, what do you think is coursing through my veins? And Rogue cheese says, whiz. cheese whiz. Yeah, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I know y'all all are going through the same thing, but clearly Thor is going through something else. Yeah, like another but, big laugh in my theater, and I was just like, that's so mean to Thor. Yeah. yeah. The scene with but, the scene with Thor and his mom was good though. That was probably yeah, that was actually that, probably yeah. one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Yeah, um, I was gonna say it, it, to reverse from the rocket slapping, uh, him getting his hammer like Mjolnir still flying to him, and it's a moment of like he's still worthy. That is something I always interpreted as even if you're at your lowest point, even if mm-hmm. depression is wrecking you, you are still worthy, mm-hmm. yep. and yeah. that always. Oh my god! Like it just made that entire section of that movie so much better for me because I was like so off it when Rocket slaps him in the face. Yeah, I was like, no, this is so wrong. Yeah. And to one of your earlier points, Steve, too, I appreciate that the damsel in distress for Wanda Vision was Vision. It was not Wanda, mm-hmm. even though she was going through all of the stages of grief, even though she was she was experiencing depression. People didn't see her as, oh, that girl who needs our support and we need to come and band around her. It was more visions getting whipped by his his other vision and all of these pieces <laughs> um, that I think I also appreciate from the show of mental health has such a stigma in our country and, mm-hmm. and our, our world. And it's easy to always expect or want that person who is going through a struggle to be the damsel in distress or be the person who needs coddling. And Wanda was able to one, go through all the stages in her own way, but never, it never felt like she was in that camp of, Oh, we need to coddle her. We need to support her. It was always, she's working through her own thing. In the end, she's still the hero. She's still the main character, even going Mm -hmm. through all that. Very important. So moving moving forward to the finale, the end of the show that we've talked about a little bit, um, Marianne, I know you said you were a little disappointed in the finale. Uh, can you touch on that? And then everyone else, let us know what you thought about the finale. I mean, I didn't dislike it. I'll just start out with that. I was just a little disappointed because I felt like a show that was so full of you know twists and turns and surprises had such a very straightforward textbook finale. And, um, you know, I know there were crazy fan theories that, you know, all these other characters were going to show up, but that's not really what disappointed me. I just felt like it was very straightforward and um, they had played up the mystery so well at the end of each episode that this just felt very like textbook. Oh, you know, Wanda learned her lesson and, you know, cast the runes and, you know, outsmarted Agatha. And, you know, I just felt very straightforward and predictable to me, in my opinion. And I did want more of Monica. I was disappointed she oh only God, um, yes. stepped in front of the kids and that was all we got. I was hoping she would help Wanda defeat Agatha, maybe. But also I understand that she doesn't really know how to use her powers. So maybe that wouldn't have been possible. Yeah, they're setting her up for a long journey, I'm sure. Not a lot of yeah. Darcy yeah, in the think... finale either, actually. Nah, she, she rammed a car <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> have fun in jail. <laughs> Bye, Darcy. You said your line for the episode. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Uh, but Marianne, I think this was an excellent baptism for you in MCU finales because you had a giant CGI, well, not a giant CGI fight, but you had a CGI fight to end the show. You had a sky beam, 
You know, so I think this is welcome oh to being in the MCU. Yeah, fandom. no, that the last oh. episode was definitely the most Marvel. Uh, was definitely the most Marvel out of any of the other episodes. Like, yep, yeah, no, nope, still a Marvel show. Yep. All our Marvel tropes are here. Mm. Uh, yeah, as was saying on my live when I was saying some of the same things, he was saying that it felt very like Marvel. I was like, if is the first time in the entire show that it felt like an MCU product. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I will say some of the cheesy stuff in that episode really worked for me like uh, uh, this is our home so let's defend it like cheesy line totally works because I'm like yeah, yeah let's do it <laughs> let's go and did, did anybody notice the and Marianne I, I'm sorry for bringing this up Is any did anybody else notice the homage to the Incredibles with how they uh, like pose. Don't get me started on the incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah. So that's, they all pose that. when getting ready to defend the home, and then you know, oh, uh, uh, Wanda put up the shield like Violet did in the Incredibles. I do like that pose. Yes. Did not think mm-hmm. it was an homage to the Incredibles, but now that you mention it, it probably is. <laughs> um. I will say one thing I appreciate about that finale was that, I mean, we knew once we saw uh, Albino Vision, I'm sorry, White Vision at the end of the eighth episode, <laughs> that the Visions were going to fight. And everybody, people were predicting, like, okay, the Visions are going to fight. I definitely thought it was good. I definitely assumed that they were going to do, like, the thing they did with Logan, where it's like, okay, fighting an evil counterpart and good Vision's going to die fighting evil Vision. But the fact mm. that, like, the fact that, like, I guess... I don't even know what to call them. Like Wanda's construct of vision was able to um, get White Vision to able to able to unlock his memories, and then he just leaves, and the fight ends. It's like you know what? I appreciate that they were able to like talk it out, and they didn't just have to like beat each other to death. You know, there might be a big there might be a message in there of you know understanding and things like that. Because I mean, we don't know where White Vision is going to go or what he's going to do next. I'm assuming. Mm I mean, I, it's weird, right? Because, like, he has the original Vision's memories now, but still doesn't have any emotions, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know what they plan on doing with him. Is he going to reunite with Wanda? You know, I have no I have no idea. But I, I appreciated how that interaction um, went down for sure. It was a very mm-hmm. Vision way to end a fight. Through philosophy. Yes. Totally. Um, and I'll also say, I've said, I've said this for years as well as just for being a big Marvel fanboy. Um, I appreciate it when there's clever outcomes to a fight. Um, so like Marvel has the problem of same versus same at the end, you know, like Iron Man, it's just Iron Man versus a bigger one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, even Black Panther, a fantastic film when it came down to like the two of them in their suits fighting each other. I was like, not... Not again. Here we go. Yep. You know, uh, Doctor Strange, basically annoying Dormammu to victory. Totally awesome. Uh, Captain Marvel in that whole prove to me that you can beat me and she just blasts him. I'm like, thank you. Because why? Why Baby, right now? Would we, would we ever? Um, so this this finale was like everything I ever wanted. It's Wanda outwitting Agatha because Agatha totally underestimates her. It's Vision having, as you guys said, a very Vision fight with himself uh, where it ends in philosophy. Um, The most fight 
aspect of the show was probably against the military, and that was hilarious because it ended in two seconds because the kids are awesome. <laughs> and so I don't know. I really appreciated that of the uh, of the finale. Any other lingering thoughts before we move on? I also I mean, like the. Oh, Marion, you go first. I actually have a question. Um, like, mm-hmm. as someone who's sort of like new to the MCU, is it ever like addressed that it's like weird, right? She's in love with this like robot, like this machine. Isn't that no. kind of weird? Like, is it ever addressed, or is it, or do we just like accept it? They didn't develop that relationship that much. The movie, no. honestly, before this show happened. Yeah. So what essentially you get is an Age of Ultron. Uh, Vision saves Wanda and there's like this little slow-mo moment as he's like Lois laning her. <laughs> do you know, do you, do, do you know what, do, do y'all know I, what I mean by that? I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Okay. All right. So yeah, as he's Lois laning her and then in Civil War, you can see that they've developed a little bit of a rapport and that they're yeah. at least friendly and Vision's caught feelings um and then in infinity war you can see oh in between civil war and infinity war they've been they've had a relationship yeah, yeah they, they point, have a relationship by infinity war they're living together and you're just like okay and <laughs> like in secret essentially yeah. yeah 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 um i will also say and this is just something that i feel like the mcu is doing a very good job um that it's essentially a theory that i plan on making a video about one day but essentially it's the idea that WandaVision has helped uh, push this as well, where, you know, through the events of Wanda getting her powers from the Mind Stone, she got her powers from the Mind Stone, that powers Vision, and then through the events of her using her powers, it helped create Vision, and then Vision helps defend Wanda. Like, they're always in balance with each other many times in the MCU. Mm-hmm. They're always right beside mm-hmm. each other. And at the end of Age of Ultron, they are both introduced into this new, bigger world of the Avengers. Wanda has lost her brother, and Vision... I mean, he doesn't really have a, an attachment to anybody. The biggest <laughs> one he might have is Thor, but he's gone. So they're both now entering this Avengers compound essentially at the same time. So of course they're going to start some sort of relationship from there, being the new in- inductees. I mean, the only other two people there are, what, Sam and Rhodey? But it's like, they got Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah. So, I I just think their relationship makes sense the way the MCU's presenting it. Right, as opposed to in the comics where I think it it just sort of happens. And Mm -hmm. at least it's better than Wanda's relationship than in the Ultimate Comics where her and Pietro were together. Yeah, we, we don't talk sister. about that. Okay? Oh, I forgot about that. I don't, I don't understand how they... We yeah, don't. it doesn't make sense. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, we don't talk <laughs> about that. Yes, thank, thankfully, so did the MCU. I can, I I, re- I can I explain just it the very Ultimate briefly. Comics, that's why. I can explain it very briefly for the audience. So Marvel used to have a line of comics called the Ultimate Comics where it was all their characters set in a, a different universe, essentially where they could make different choices and experiment with ideas without messing with like their main line. Like canon is where Miles Morales actually started off in the yep. Ultimate line of comics before they brought him over into mainstream comics. But um, the Ultimate Comics, I feel like they tried really hard to be edgy. They had a lot of stuff in there that was just why. It could be very gory, very gruesome. I'm pretty sure uh, 
Wasp gets like eaten by a villain at one point, and it's really yep. like it's disgusting. You see like her intestines, it's like why is this here? And yeah. Wanda <laughs> and uh, Quicksilver were uh, together at some point, and I think one of them died. But I, it's been a long time. But um, they, they, yeah, they literally went, hey, let's do some cool, interesting things and some not so cool, interesting things <laughs> in a whole series of comics. So we got some great stuff, and then we got. Whatever the hell that but, was. But, you know, Miles was <laughs> yeah. cool. They, they brought over, they eventually ended up bringing over all the ideas that were good and scrapped everything else, yes. thank God. <laughs> yeah, because once they knew that universe was coming to the end, they were just like, you know what? Let's just destroy everything. And Let's make it work. Yeah. Anyway. anyway uh, <laughs> so, um, so, so, so moving forward from the MCU to a uh, another... Marvel Universe. What did you think of Pietro or fake Pietro? Oh, and we haven't Ralph gotten to him Boner. yet. That's right. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. So there's all right. I don't want to go on a huge rant here, and I, I'll, I'll, everyone will have their time to speak. I promise. Um, so there's two sides of this. First of all, people took their theories like oh so marvel knew what they were doing right they're casting the actor that played quicksilver yeah. in all the x-men movies they knew they teased them at the end at the end of uh, episode five it was after one and vision have that fight mm -hmm. right so they tease so they, he shows up at the end everybody's like oh my god x-men multiverse this is crazy but you know so i i get why people got super super excited but and Mar marvel knew that they're messing with people um, as far as him being in the show, I thought it was great. I thought it was super clever. It's like, yeah, just use other Quicksilver. Why not? Um, the fact that he there was no multiverse thing and he ended up being an actor, I I think it was kind of lame. Like, I think they almost knew mm -hmm. it was lame. Like, they knew that, like, okay, we're gonna set up their expectations and then just like crush their dreams, which is what they did. <laughs> um, so I mean, I I did think it was lame, but I also understand that like. And all the shows they're doing, WandaVision, you know, it's kind of a sideshow. It's kind of like, you know, a sideshow. They're doing Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. There's a ton of rumors about the next Spider-Man movie being a crossover mm -hmm. with the other older Spider-Man movies. So I still think multiverse stuff is coming. Um, yes. I just think that, I mean, Marvel, they really mess with expectations, which was good in the sense that it got more people interested in the show, but they crushed a lot of dreams. There's like yes. mourning all over TikTok. Yes. Where's Magneto? Where's Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Where's Wolverine? Man, I'm like, guys, that, I'm really sorry. That aerospace yeah. engineer thing. Oh my gosh, I really yeah. ran people up a wall. <laughs> This did give Darcy one of her quality lines, though, in the entire series where she goes, oh, she even recasted Pietro. Like, yes. that was a funny moment. It, it definitely gave Darcy this, like, ha, 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 we're here. But as someone who likes chaos, I appreciated how Marvel handled the situation. Like, we know how our fans are. We know they like to come up with their own theories. Let's let them run with it and then completely dash their dreams at the end and mm -hmm. show how powerful Agatha was, kind of. So, sure. Before we get into the problematic area that is fan theories and the internet nowadays, <laughs> uh, he, let let's speculate a little bit on on, on uh, for ourselves. Who do you think Jimmy Woo's witness was? 
I I I don't know. Don't ask me. Because <laughs> that that is the theory, right? That it's somehow it's somehow actually Pietro, and he's in witness protection. And for some reason, they chose to give him the name Ralph Boner. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that theory, and I was just like, uh, "You guys are trying. They're trying you. so hard." Trying but so the thing, hard. like, it's 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 really Disney that was rude because it, it, <laughs> have you guys seen the whole subtitles thing? Have you guys mm-hmm. seen the whole subtitles thing with with uh, Quicksilver? I have not. Yeah. Essentially, it's not just like subtitles. It's basically the audio narration, and anytime it, it, you know the thing that people put on that goes over the show that explains what's going on for people who's not really paying attention. So it's stuff like, you know, Wanda opens the door and Fox Quicksilver is standing there. They straight up name him Fox Quicksilver in the audio narration. And I'm just like, see, that's, that's what's rude. That's what's rude about it, guys. You're, you're showing it and then you're pulling it away. It's these fake outs. And I may, this is another thing I made a video on where I was like, sometimes the fake outs are fine. Other times they break my damn heart, like Iron Man 3 and the Mandarin. Uh, like, <laughs> I thought Ben Kingsley was giving a terrifying performance in that movie. And then, no. Uh, and then uh, the most recent one, other than WandaVision, was Far From Home, an entire movie that kept pushing this like, hey, multiverse could be a thing. It's not, but it could be. <laughs> um, so it's the fake outs that I'm just not really appreciating Marvel. Stop it. That's it. <laughs> so so th- that, that, that bridges us to uh, two fan theories in and of themselves, which I think led to a crucial outcry in uh, another fandom that Steve, Marianne, and I are, are a part of the, the Star Wars fandom with the movie The Last Jedi because fan mm-hmm. theories were rampant about that. And I think they, for Marvel, I don't think the fan theories really took off except for uh, Endgame because you had that year in between. So mm-hmm. now the fan theories are just running rampant with anything that Marvel is coming up with. And so what are your thoughts on people making all these fan theories and then hating something when their fan theories don't come true. I mean, it's Terrell, fun to speculate. I'm calling on you. Oh, why are you calling me out? Because I've known you the longest. <laughs> Wait, actually, no, that's not true. Technically, I've known Chris the longest. True. I, I don't know. I, I get frustrated because I'm one of those people who know random bits and will latch on to something myself and say, Oh, are we finally going to go this route? Are we following this one comic theory? And then it doesn't. And then I get a little disappointed, but (laughs) sorry about that. (laughs) I don't know what just fell. Um, but that's, I feel like that's just the nature of where we are now. Everyone just seems to get, frustrated easily and doesn't like when they can't predict the future and that's kind of why I like the turn out of WandaVision because it was one of the few shows where even when I saw the random like oh this is exactly where it's going to go they turned out to be wrong and we all kind of got a surprise Mm -hmm. at the end and I got to enjoy and appreciate that so all that to say I I don't I don't have a, a final 
view on the fan fiction. Like, go live your life, be creative. Maybe, maybe they're the next writers for some of these Disney shows. But at the end of the day, like, Disney's going to do what Disney's going to do. Yeah. Dumbo. I mean, um, Chris, am I allowed to go? No. Oh, yeah. No, no. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will say that, like. Like fan, like being theorizing is just—it's a part of being a fan, and especially the way we interact with media online, it's a part of fun. Everybody's going to have their ideas, and most of us are going to be wrong. There's going to be that one person in a corner somewhere that's like, "I figured it out," you know. I will just say that don't let your theorizing and don't let the fandom like ruin a show for you. Like always, make sure that like you are watching and trying—you're trying to enjoy a show for what a show is, and not like. Mm-hmm. what you think it could be because i mean in in general i think that you really can set yourself up for disappointment when you go a little too hard where you're like i think that fly is mephisto like guys <laughs> just it's okay i promise the show can be good without mephisto like <laughs> the so, fly on mike pence's head was mephisto <laughs> <laughs> all along <laughs> it was it was him all along <laughs> But no, it wasn't, wasn't it was Agatha all along. So Oh no. <laughs> Speaking of Agatha all along. Nope. That song. I love it. Great song. It's a it's bop. Great. It's fantastic. It's I love the remixes the trap. are also pretty great. Yes, I love the trap remix. I love the up Agatha all along collaboration. Yeah. I love all of this. Who knew we needed Cardi B and Agatha to do a collab? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Mephisto knew. Yeah, Mephisto. <laughs> it was actually his plan all along. Yeah. Um, nah, so, like, fan theories and stuff, it's like, have fun. Go wild. That's that's yeah. what that's what television used to be. It used to be people, like, the stereotypical, walking over to the water cooler, hey, did you catch 24 last night? Boy, that Jack Bauer... What what's gonna happen next week? Um, and now nerd fandom is so much bigger than that could ever be. That that's all it is. It's just fan theories. Mm-hmm. However, I think with the drought that we had of Marvel last year, and that people are insane, uh, people <laughs> go so crazy about their fan theories that they are a hundred percent. I knew. I was like, I am certain Doctor Strange is gonna show up into Wandavision. I I was like I bet money on it, and when he didn't, I was like, oh, all right. If I was any other one of these fans that like put their heart and soul into their fan theories, I mean, I could be crying about it, but I'm not because it's like you gotta just realize it's like 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 you said, Terrell, like they're gonna do what they're gonna do. So, whatever. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, it'll happen one day, maybe. Maybe Mephisto will happen. Not now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know that fanboys can get really upset about things, but I mean, I'm a big believer that it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it's fine to have Mm -hmm. certain beliefs or things you'd like to see, but when you're, you know, being rude or overly critical of other people's ideas or whatever, I think that's when you cross a line. And as you said, Chris, we saw that a lot in the Star Wars community. And um, especially after The Last Jedi and just different fan theories and the toxicity of some of the fanboys. So, you know, sometimes it's not, you know, what you're believing or wanting that's wrong, but it's how you're presenting it. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and to your uh, point, Steve, about have wanting Doctor Strange in there, I was the same way, but I also completely forgot about wanting having him in there while I was watching the finale. And then when we got to the second mid credit scene, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to show up here. And then I saw like Wanda in the astral plane. I was just like, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I'll say her being in the astral plane while also being awake was better than getting Doctor Strange for me. Because yep. that, that just proves she's stronger than him. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah that was super cool. Wanda's a bop. I mean, they said that she's Can supposed we- to be stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. So I'm yeah. totally not surprised at all. Can we also just take a second that there were two end credit scenes because yeah. I was very close to leaving after the first one. I will not lie. And when we, we got to the second one, it just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted so hard to believe that there were going to, that there was going to be two that I like, because of course, like them going, Oh, somebody wants to talk to you up there. I'm like, with it being a scroll, I'd imagine it's Nick Fury. So, okay. If that's our end credit scene, whatever. But when the second like set of credits started rolling, I was like, there better be a second one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> so when it happened, I was yeah. very, very happy. So, so I watched it when it went live at like 2.50 in the morning. Um, and uh, what I did was after the first one, I put my mouse over the uh, timeline and started going through it to see if there was another one. And I saw it and I was like, click. <laughs> oh man, didn't even wait. Didn't even, didn't even want to appreciate the names going by on your screen. They worked hard nope. on it, Chris. They did, but at three thirty eight <laughs> in the morning, I was not feeling it. Y'all not? I have. Touché. I was not staying up until three to watch this WandaVision. I'm no. sorry. That, I, I, I never accident. I almost did it for the finale, but I figured I'd just watch it first thing in the morning before even getting on any social media that was that was what i did i just yeah, told myself at, i wasn't checking twitter that day i refused to yeah. open the app i refused to look at it like i will watch it when i get time i mean you find, you saw my tweet and you were just like will you shut up and i was just like i didn't say anything but that wandavision <laughs> finale though you know um <laughs> I, but I, I wasn't planning on staying up to watch it you know i as as chris and terrell know i got my ps5 this week so I was mm. playing that, and I was like, <laughs> oh, it's 2.30. I should probably go to sleep. But then I was or, on uh, Element uh, and Chaco's <laughs> Discord, and they are just like, hey, we're still watching it, and we're going to watch it when it goes live. And I was like, ah, what's another hour? <laughs> At that point, uh, can, I, can I also say people posting, like, spoilers without context are the worst? <laughs> I hate those people. Have you guys seen any of those ever? Not for this one, but I've seen it before. I've never seen it for WandaVision, but I just, PSA, if you're one of those people, stop. (laughs) I I, (laughs) I don't appreciate it. it. So I did it with the the person I was watching with, like, we would do the after we watched the episodes, we would send them back and forth to each other. Um, And I think the Mm -hmm. only one I did was Halloween, because I'm like, normally I'm not good at them, but that one I was just like, I can do it for this one. Makes sense. They're funny, yeah. and especially if you have someone who's creative who can actually pull out really small details and give you a great no-context spoiler. Sure. Then you watch and you're like, oh, this makes sense now. <laughs> I just, I think, um, 
I think for Endgame, somebody posted one, and it was like Super Mario 64 going up a ton of stairs. And I was like, stairs. <laughs> stairs. <laughs> what is stairs? And it took me until my third watch of Endgame to be like, oh, Hulk hates stairs. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I freaked out over that for no reason. <laughs> Oh, oh. those those are clever and funny <laughs> <laughs> i can laugh at myself about it now that's for sure i think for i think for wandavision without context i probably would have done the final fight in logan where wolverine fights his evil counterpart i probably would, i probably would have done that something like that it's like him holding his head <laughs> spider-man meme all day every day both pointing oh, at yeah, each other really. like who's who that's the one So, uh, as we, we we said before, this is the technically the the re beginning of Phase Four since Far From Home was technically the the first movie in it or the last movie of Phase Three. I don't know how you really. I wanna... think they listed. I think they listed Far From Home officially as the last one of Phase Three, which is so wrong. But yes, it's the last one of Phase Three. But then we also have to talk about the timeline of this because at, in. Um, far from home, they say Vision is dead, you know, as mm -hmm. far as they know. But as we know in this one, uh, White Vision is out there. So obviously the world doesn't know about it. So does this happen before Far From Home or after? I, they I think it happens that, after. They said, I thought they said WandaVision happened like a week after Endgame. Like it was before really? Far From Home. Yeah, because Far From Home was a decent time jump, I thought. But I could be wrong. Hmm. Mm. That would make sense. I think I'm going to do some live searching right now. <laughs> now I, I'm curious. We've done, don't worry about it. We've done it on the show before. I'll be like, what's so-and-so's name? All right, let me look it up. You'll hear, like, on the recording, you'll hear, like, me pressing my keys for my mic. It happens. <laughs> Are we agreeing, though, that this vision is considered white vision? Is that the official name? <laughs> well, that's his name in the comics. Yeah, his name is, is actually it? White Vision. Albino Vision was what I said, and that's a little more offensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, White, White Vision. I, I was just like, because uh, I, I remember him briefly in, in the comics. Um, and then I think, because I think when the actual like Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet line, mm -hmm. it, White Vision is there as, as the uh, person on the team. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, I need to reread. It's been a while. How about polar bear? We're really bear great vision? at naming things as a species. How about polar bear vision? Is that is that good? Well, that just makes me think of uh, uh, the Black Mirror episode with Anthony Mackie and Yaya. So we're not uh, not today, Chris. That was a good episode. <laughs> good episode if you haven't seen it, but bring back Black uh, Mirror. Yeah, this says it confirms that WandaVision takes place in between Endgame and uh, Far From Home. So you're right. So, White Vision is somewhere out there in Far so, From Home for some reason. So is WandaVision the end of Phase 3 or is, is it the beginning of Phase 4? No, 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 no. You can't say, like, you can't, when Black Widow comes out, you can't be like, that's a Phase 2 movie. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't get me started on how Black Widow should have came out 10 years I ago. I, 
I it sh- yeah. should have came out after Winter Soldier. Right. I after think it's Winter taking Soldier. place. I think they said it takes place in between Civil War and Infinity War. Yep. I believe is what they said. So, because I think yeah. I think one of Black Widow's sisters is supposed to show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and she's supposed to take yep. over as the new Black Widow because Natasha is dead. And that is not a spoiler because we all saw Endgame. If you haven't seen Endgame yet, you you don't really care about the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Wait, Marianne, have you seen Endgame? She's seen Endgame. I have seen Endgame. Yeah. Okay. I, have. I haven't um, seen her talk about it a lot, so I'm not. In, I know you started I've with Captain Marvel, it so I'm once. not sure. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it a lot. Um, I've seen some of the Marvel movies. Um, I think, I think Black Panther might have, or no, Thor Ragnarok. I think that was the first Marvel movie I saw. Um, and I've seen pretty much everyone since then, but not multiple times. <laughs> hey, but you're getting your, uh, you're going to start doing a whole watch of the whole series soon. So I that's am. exciting. Yeah, I'm going to do a TikTok series where I go through and watch all the Marvel movies because I've been getting more into it and I've been really enjoying what I've seen so far. So I'd love to see more. That's great. I'll be very yeah. active on the Thor Ragnarok video. Oh, Chris. Oh, yeah, you don't like it, right? Chris, calm down. Chris is like the only person, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Chris, you and your brother are, might be the only two people who don't universally love Thor Ragnarok. That that movie literally tops top five MCU movies like everywhere. I think my fr- I think Alan, my friend Alan, who Chris is, I think he does, he, he's the same, I think. But, I can't remember. But yeah, no, I... I I think I went on what a ten-minute rant when we did that podcast. Yeah, uh, look, I have I have my own issues with that movie. Some that kind of align with where you, I've heard most of your arguments, but I definitely am not like it's bad. <laughs> I don't. I really have I, actually, I felt like I it was really I, easy to like. It was very easy to watch. Like I didn't need to know a lot of backstory to be able. It's to definitely it, a fun film. It is very yeah because it's sort of like a reboot of Thor anyway. So yeah, it's mm. a good one to to start off of. But I don't. I don't know if I've said it's bad. I just think no. I just my personal preference is not that movie very strongly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, touche. But I mean, Marianne, you you started out in the in the best phase of movies, I would say. So I mean, I mean, the, the movies have definitely been more consistently good. I feel like starting in phase mm-hmm. three. So starting with Civil yeah. War. Civil well, War is the first part of phase three. I think. Yeah, and I loved Ant Man and the Wasp because I love the Wasp. I think she's so underrated. She's such she a good agreed. Character. She sells that movie. She does. Me. Evangeline Lilly she, is the best. She sold awesome. the first movie for me. Like when I watched Ant Man the first time, oh, like, yeah. I love Paul Rudd as an actor, but Evangeline Lilly was the standout. I was like, we need more of her. Then they did Ant Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp, and I was like, okay, we still need more of her. That yeah, scene, awesome. that scene in Ant Man one where she's like, like, show me your punch. Like one of the greatest scenes in that movie is her teaching Paul Rudd how to punch somebody. She just wails him in the face. Oh my god, I love that movie. She should have been the first one in the suit. I get why she wasn't, but they they had their excuse where it's like, oh, he didn't want his daughter in danger. But it's like she she was ready to be a superhero. Also, Marvel before Paul Rudd Rudd was. Also, Marvel was just afraid to put a female superhero on screen. Oh yeah, they definitely were. Yeah. True. Until Wonder Woman came out. And that's literally it. The Wonder Woman came out and they said, now we're doing Captain Marvel. And I'm like, well, it's it's about time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you have Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman who. Go ahead, Go Tara. for it, Chris. Go for it. <laughs> oh. I mean, you have Wonder Woman who is the 
the I, I don't think you can argue he's like the number one uh, superheroine in, in comic book history. Sure, and yeah, I agree. Like I I don't you know like as sexist as our society is like that movie's going to do well. Um, yeah. And Black Widow, at least through the first her first few you know appearances on screen, was a well liked character. So she could have carried her own movie because you would have had like a legitimate spy movie because she was a spy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Black um, Widow was so written for men in my well, opinion. exactly. Whereas like, you know, Captain Marvel wasn't, and I think that that showed mm-hmm. with the reviews. You know, fanboys were leaving one star reviews before it even came out. Yeah, because they were like, Brie Larson hates white men. And it's just like, everything Brie Larson said was 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, going back to Black Widow, she is a character that, like, I think she sold it. But also, like, good good on Scarlett Johansson for being able to sell this character that was very wishy-washy. That they were like, every movie she has a new love interest. Like she was super flirty with Tony and Iron Man two, her introduction. Super flirty with uh, Cap and Winter Soldier, and then Age of Ultron. They're like, and now you like we don't Bruce, talk, and I'm like, we don't talk about that. Sean's getting real low. We're talking about Banner. Uh, you know, pl- what was it? Stark's line: Banner and, and uh, Natasha nope. playing hide the zucchini. Nope. Um, but okay, but I think I can't remember who whose video it was. I. I'm not. It might have been Straw Hat Goofy on TikTok who was talking about Mm -hmm. how um, Black Widow has played pretty much like every major female trope in movies. Like she's been the mom role. She's been the you know like the sexy assistant. She's been the damsel in distress. Like she's hit all of them. A few of them in the same movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like you know she she was like the Avengers one woman friend. Yeah. And, and it's and it's yeah. so and it's so great to see how much better it's getting. Like Black Panther gave me hope for female writing because I mean T'Challa is the main character of that movie, but that movie is female driven. He's yep. got so many strong female backing him up the, through the entire entire film, and then we get Captain Marvel, female driven led film that open to mixed reviews. But now we have WandaVision, a show that gives us so many different female representation and they're not all the same character. It's amazing. Exactly. I love that about WandaVision that there were so so many personalities. Mm -hmm. Very unique. And I'm I'm happy Marvel seems to begin their collective stuff together. (laughs) Yeah. Because for for me, Civil War was uh, Black Panther's origin movie. Mm. For Black Panther was Killmonger, uh, um, Okoye, Nakia, and Shuri's origin movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I I've always watched Black Panther and said, "How is he the least interesting part of this movie?" <laughs> like where everybody else is. Like I absolutely loved him in Civil War, and yet I like couldn't care less about his scenes in Black Panther because everybody else was just so damn interesting. Yeah, I was I was really hoping they were going to get Tanahasi Coates to write for um, Black Panther two or so- something in the universe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll get him within Wakanda because his run of Black Panther made the Dora Milaje, you know, his bodyguards, like actual characters and not just Mm. the bodyguards of the Black Panther or the backup wives if he can't find anybody. Because that was their history for like 40-ish years Mm. until they started giving them personalities. 
in actual names. Yeah, and at least like uh, from what I could tell from my like recent rewatch of the movies, like they kept some cons- consistency with the same like guards around him. So that made me happy that they're like they're not just like, "All right, and now we're entering new actress to play the role of the guard." It's all the same people, which made me really happy. Um mm-hmm. at least shows that they could give them time to grow as characters. Yep. Gives me hope. All right. Um so I know this uh this question is is a little loaded. Um, but how do we feel um, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, what we've seen so far, and some of Loki, um, and with WandaVision being complete, how do these shows kind of compare to the Netflix verse or the Defenders verse, however you want to put it? Well, I can say that with these new shows, they definitely have uh, way more money than they ever did mm-hmm. for the Netflix shows and and for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Um I'm I'm excited because I feel like we're finally in a new era of superhero TV where we can do almost movie stuff, you know, on TV. Because, like, when Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out, it was decently low budget. They would do certain things here and there, but there wasn't a lot of money involved. Um, with the Marvel Netflix shows, they had moments where they use their budgets, but they also had to have, like, a lot of fluff in there to save their money. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you remember all the mm-hmm. boardroom scenes. They had an Iron Fist because Don't remind me of that show. They, <laughs> mm. Or, you know, like, all the Defenders, you know, they had powers, but, you know, none of them were really... Nobody was shooting lasers because lasers cost money, you know? <laughs> yeah, I always said that the problem with those shows is that they made each episode an hour long because there's so much fluff that nobody cares about in those in those shows. And I will say, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I did watch all seven seasons of that show, and... um they they did as good as they they did as well as they could with what they had to work with, which was not much. That is the name of the Agents of Shield. It's like getting it's like um I I almost compared it to like thrift shopping where you're just you're looking in the bargain bin and you're getting what you can and you make an outfit out of it. That's what Agents of Shield was. And it was a good show like within itself, as long as you don't compare it to the movies, because it's not. Um but I mean with this new era, we're getting like Almost movie level stuff, you know, at home, which I think is cool. And I mean, coinciding with, I mean, we've talked, Chris and I have talked about before with like the death of movie theaters, especially in the wake of COVID. I think it, um, the, the timing I think is pretty good in my opinion. So that's all I have to say. Yeah. I think the only thing I would add is kind of echoing what you said, Chris, it might not be fair to compare these two their counterparts on Netflix because of that budget piece. But I would argue that it's, and it's branching out. It's not Marvel. It's again, back to the DC piece, but comparing them to the CW superhero TV shows ran through CW that focused on building a narrative, trying to set up a universe, trying to do all of those pieces. I think uh, one that obviously Disney's going to do it better because they have more of a budget, but two, um, we're seeing this reinvestment again into superheroes and the buying power behind them and the, the importance of actually investing in telling a story, not storyline, not just putting out a movie and saying, here's your backstory, go with it. So you saw Mm -hmm. that with Gotham. We've seen that with 
flash and people loving the show and not really liking his character in the movie. Um, and I think we're going to start seeing that a little bit now with Disney of, we want to see more of this character development in the shows. We want to see it with, um, Falcon so that when we get to the movie, we don't have all these questions kind of lingering later. Not you bringing up Gotham. Uh, <laughs> really quick, one thing, one thing, Terrell, too. Uh, you mentioned CW. Um, the Superman and Lois show, not that bad. Better than... I've heard it's very great. They put a lot of money into it. It's definitely... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, the budget's just bigger than The Flash and Supergirl and everything else. And mm-hmm. you can definitely... You can, you can tell Superman has a red heat vision and not blue heat vision. I was like, okay, they know what they're doing anyway. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> with superhero stuff in general, I think for just the shows, they're they're really putting more money into it because they've got competition from shows like The Boys and you've had stuff like Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. and Watchmen and stuff like that where it's like there there has to be more quality there. I mean, we're out of the Smallville days where Superman isn't allowed to fly. <laughs> But uh, I love you, know, you bringing up Smallville, <laughs> <laughs> but still not Krypton levels of money. Krypton as a show had a huge budget and it showed and that show had no business being as good as it was. Mm. Like all mm. the characters were good. And I still don't know. I'm not going to bring that up anyway. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I, I think we are seeing this. We're entering in. We we we've been in the golden age of superhero movies, and I I would say maybe the silver age of superhero television, but I think we're finally getting into the golden age of superhero television. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have to pay homage to Smallville because it is the granddaddy of all superhero TV shows. It's a great show. It um, is. Yeah, when they announced that they were doing TV shows, um, I think the first question everybody asked was, "Will this connect to the MCU?" And I think Kevin Feige was like, these, all of these will directly connect to the timeline and characters that were, are getting their own shows that you've never seen before. They will eventually cross over into the films, um, which excites me. And WandaVision almost shockingly worked. Um, it was one of my most anticipated uh, products that they've showed for Phase 4. But when they started talking about Moon Knight and Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. I was just like, these are characters we've never seen before getting their own TV shows. Those are going to be the true test. Loki is a character we know. Wanda and Vision are characters we know uh, that we can kind of connect to the MCU. I think once we have that disconnect, that's when the real test will be, will She-Hulk work? Will Moon Knight work? Is it going to feel like an MCU property or is it going to feel like Netflix MCU? or Netflix Marvel shows, you know what I mean? So that, I'm happy WandaVision worked, and I hope that influences where we go from here in the Marvel TV spectrum. Well, that, that kind of ties into my my last question is, since we're getting into Phase 4, we're getting the, the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then after that, we're mm-hmm. getting Loki. Um, and we have Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man 3 coming out at the end of the year and Doctor Strange 2 coming out at the beginning of next year. Um, what do you think of the outlook for Phase 4? What are some of the hopes you um, uh, have for it? What are some things you hope they don't do for it? Uh, we'll start off with Marianne because you are the most fresh-eyed viewer of the MCU. So you have a, uh, a, a newer perspective than you know us 
that that I've been watching for a while and could either be tired of it or, you know, just have the could go the distance. <laughs> no, I'm really excited for a lot of things coming. I'm very excited for Thor Love and Thunder and see Natalie Portman. Um, so I'm really excited that they're doing more female led films and TV shows. So I'm very excited for that. As far as um, anything else I'm hoping for, because I'm so new to it, I don't really have any sort of expectations. But I'm really excited about the projects I have heard about. I'll go. I'll, I'll, so we'll go in uh, reverse order. So we'll go Marianne, Steve, Terrell, Chris, then me, because, you know, we'll, we'll go from guest to host. <laughs> OK, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very hopeful for where they're going. Um, Endgame ended so big that, like I said, I, I literally was like they could stop here and I'd be fine. Um just because it has such a nice bookmark ending. Um, though, we got Far From Home, which was fantastic. We got uh, WandaVision, which was so good. And all of these other products that, as we learn more about them, just, you know, fuels my excitement more and more and more for the MCU and the future of the MCU. Um, I'm excited for Thor Love and Thunder, Captain Marvel 2, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, the next Spider-Man. Like, there's so much coming and those are just the movies. <laughs> like, yeah. we've got so much coming that at this point, with how good the MCU's done and how much better they're doing, I the hope's so high. So a show like Falcon and Winter Soldier, which honestly, I said it at the beginning of this episode, I said, uh, other than Sam's growth into becoming the new Captain America... I wasn't excited for that show. Now I'm all in on it. Like, just because one more Marvel and two, I know they can do it. So I have super high hopes for the MCU in every regard. I would echo every point that's been said. Um, and I, I think something that is unique about where the MCU is um, specifically is that in game felt like a conclusion, but mm -hmm. it opened the door for so many things at the same time. And we're starting to see that happen. We're seeing these characters develop their own narrative to find their own space. We're also getting ready to be introduced to whatever the multiverse is going to look like, which is going to be fascinating and, and potentially open up for a lot of, remakes that I think we've been missing out on for a long time like X-Men I I'm ready for the X-Men to come to the MCU I'm ready for them to get the full investment from Disney to come back because that those were my favorite comics um but also the Fantastic Four might is being confirmed as a part of this next expansion so I think we're in a space right now that is going to be super cool and for the nerds who've read the comics who are just like, I grew up with some of these things. Um, there's hope and there's a space that we're going to see something really awesome, really amazing. And I'm just, I'm excited. Yeah. I pretty much echo what you guys have said. Um, as far as what I'm really excited for, um, Comic-Con Ms. Marvel should be a lot of fun. That's a character that people have wanted in, in, you want it for a long time, and I think it's almost better mm -hmm. than it's a TV show. I feel like that character would work really well in um, a show that's episodic. Um, as uh, Loki seems really interesting, I think Loki will be a show. I think 
Captain America, I mean, not Captain America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I feel like it's going to be more of a straight action flip type movie, which is fine because I like the Winter Soldier. I feel like Loki's definitely going to be a show that's going to have a lot of mystery to it because, like, who knows what that show is even really about. Like, Loki's, like, time traveling, kind of, maybe. So I feel like that's going to be a great opportunity for the fandom to get excited again, just hopefully not uh, not too excited. Um, and as far as their movies, uh, I feel like Shang-Chi is going to be pretty good. It's going to be, like, it's a lot of... That, that's, that movie's got a lot of... Um, a lot of a lot a lot of folks from of Asian descent um, are really happy about the representation. They hope to see from it. the The main guy who's playing uh, Shang Chi, I like him as an actor, so I think it. Um, I, I I could see myself really enjoying that movie. So I, I'm definitely excited for what's what's ahead for sure, and it, it'll be interesting to see when movies do come out how much they're going to reference. Um, the Disney Plus shows. I mean, I can just imagine when Wanda shows up in any movie, the crowd is going to go crazy because now, like, audiences, like, really like her and care, (laughs) know who she is. I mean, there's Mm going to be... I can just imagine some scene where Wanda is going to show up, you know, out of nowhere and everyone's going to freak out in the theater, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm glad... uh, Marion, so you brought up Thor, Love and Thunder because I forgot about that movie, but I'm actually excited for that movie because um, Jane Foster's run as Thor, I actually like that. It, it was more interesting to me than just just regular Thor in the comics because he's just kind of he's there. It was kind of like me and his his first couple of movies. He's there. Does anyone he, he's like cool. Thor in he's, the comics? All right, sorry. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think he's a popular character. Have you no, seen no. those set photos of her yeah. on set that came out today? And she's like yeah. ripped. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, she got ripped for the role, and I'm so happy about it. Like, Marianne, there's your your next, you know, character. You know, you just keep in the Natalie Portman family. Yeah, go Natalie from Padme to oh my Thor. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. You have you have sassy Padme, and you have, like, Natalie Portman Thor. <laughs> let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, for context, yeah, on TikTok, I have rewritten Padme's personality. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Padme no longer dies because she's sad and she's just there <laughs> and brushing her curly now. hair. <laughs> dies of a broken heart. Um, but some other things I'm excited for. Uh, Ironheart, we're getting Riri Williams in the MCU. Really excited for that. Um, I think she's going to show up in Armor Wars first with Rhodey, so that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for Blade. Uh, I love Mahershala Ali as an actor. Um, when they announced that, I was really excited because one of my favorite comic runs is uh, a Black Panther, Luke Cage, Blade, and Doctor Voodoo team up. So Black Panther's in America looking for a wife, and you know he runs uh, into a bunch of different black superheroes and heroines, and one of them is is Monica Rambeau. But they end up in New Orleans, and this is after Katrina. Uh, they end up fighting a bunch of Confederate vampires <laughs> and it's 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 just uh, it's just a lot of fun especially in this climate it would be fantastic um but seeing black panther team up with luke cage dr so awesome. and, and blade and then monica rambo it, it shows up in her powers and her full like that was my first introduction in to monica rambo and i think i was like 11 where she's just literally like shining like the sun and i'm just like oh okay then 
I'm on board. I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, like, I, although I, I don't know if we'll get that, but I, I would be so down if we somehow did. Uh, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Um, but yeah, I, I am I am excited for um, the MCU Phase 4. I'm letting myself be excited. I, I, I hope my I'm not crushed again like Age of Ultron. But uh, I think one of, one of the things that WandaVision has done that has been one of my longer complaints about the MCU was you let something be serious and didn't let something get undercut as a joke. So mm. you had your comedic moments, but you let your serious moments stay serious. So if they keep that in, in mind, I, with that balance, I think, I think we're, we're good, as Thanos saying, as all things should be. Does anybody have any uh, closing thoughts? Before we go, questions, problems, cries of anguish. Thank you guys for coming on the show. By the way, we always appreciate always appreciate our guests. Of course, thank you. Yeah. That was that was, the, you that was the thing I was just about to say. It was just thank you so much for having us. Make I sure know. I follow both of you on uh on TikTok. Chris is uh your numbers are getting up there, aren't they, buddy? Yeah, we're not going to say my name on here because it's a kind of a secret for, from the rest of the world. But, you know, the people that, that the people that need to know, know. Uh, but, yeah, where <laughs> can the people find you on TikTok, Marianne, Steve? So I can be found at Screaming Namaste. That is my TikTok username. And I mostly talk about Star Wars and uh, Padme and just silly things like that. So, yeah, feel free to follow. And I am Explosivo underscore Steve. Explosivo like the Tenacious D song. I know, I know. Um, and a lot of nerdy stuff is my content, mainly Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars page through and through. That's where I started, but I'm breaking into Marvel stuff now. I've been somewhat vocal on the Snyder Cut, and I'm sure I will be even more when it finally comes out. And uh, yeah, so nerdy stuff. That's me. Well, Chris, you know what our Release. next episode's got to be. We're legally, yep. I think we're bound to it, and we legally have to have your brother <laughs> on the show. So I, I've, I've been saying I would throw into random podcasts. I would have nothing to do with uh, the Snyder Cut at all, and I will just be like, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. And he's like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and now... Oh, so now that it's happening, you're just like, you're on the full, like, you're on the Snyder Cut train just because it's happening. We're... We're le- we're it started off as a joke, and then I was like, "Oh, this is actually real." Okay, I'm I'm for it. I'm going to I was like, drink. Oh, to we're watch getting dark movie. side. Oh my god! <laughs> How many drinks? It's four hours, <laughs> and I will be it there for be all four hour. hours of it. Endgame could have been four and a half hours, and I would have wanted every single minute. Endgame yeah, at least the first Endgame time. would have earned it. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway. All right. All right. Okay, so we, we are ending the show. Thank you to everyone for listening. Until next time, this has been the Two Black to Nerdy podcast. Have a great week, everyone.